I'm going to do what I do every week, and let's start this with uh, what's going on um, in this strange world. And that looks like looking at the update on the our good friend, Mr. Corona. I wonder how, what, what the Corona, the, the alcohol beer brand are doing, because they really... They really caught a bad, a bad, unfortunate um, timing and naming of their of their their beverage. Now let's have a look at this. Johns Hopkins. I love their layout. Here we go. Three point four two million. 243,000. Oh, man. It's just... I learned something interesting, though, that... I learned something interesting that everybody says that they compare the flu to this. They have done historically for months and months. And as time goes on, it becomes more evident that this is not the flu. Um, Or this is not alike to the flu. So what we see instead is something that is more spreadable, something that has a higher case fatality ratio, even if it just ends up being five to 10 times worse, you know, that is still significant. Um, but everybody's saying that, you know, the flu kills somewhere between average, you'll hear like 50-ish to like bad years would be like 85, 95,000 in the US only, okay? So we're just talking about USA. However, I'm like, what? The, that's useless to me. Oh, we're getting, we can't compare worldwide deaths of one virus to a country's deaths of another. It's, it's like it's not statistically uh, reliable. So instead, I tried to figure out. I learned that well, it's four of you watching, five of you, six of you watching. Um, comment below if you can hear me and see me. All right. Um, whoa. Oh, that's that's trippy. You don't want that. Here we are. Um, and, and then how many how many how many kill the flu each year worldwide? How many kill the flu? How many killed by the flu each year worldwide? And then I learned it was like five. Sorry, two hundred fifty thousand to five hundred thousand a year. Okay, so we're we're at about that right now. Um, in about in about four or five months. So that's that's interesting and concerning. Um, however, I heard that the statistics. Thank you, Power Matrix. How to master the dark arts? Do you know how to master the dark arts? What a name! Uh, what I so when we compare the the flu now to two hundred fifty to five hundred thousand deaths worldwide. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, but then I heard, and I haven't vetted this information, but I heard that apparently a lot of these deaths are recorded attributed to the flu, but they're not, they haven't established causality. They have made rough estimates. Um, what I mean is that they haven't tested the individual who died from the flu. They didn't actually test them for you know influenza A or B. I don't know how accurate that is, but I just think there's we need to there's more information we need to know on all of this. Um, 
and I feel very fortunate to live all the way down here, you know, where we only have, what is it, nearly 7,000 cases, daily daily, case, daily cases are really plateauing, they have been for, for weeks now, which is amazing, we're doing a great job, um, I think the world is coming together in some unique ways, however, I'm seeing some, I'm seeing some, uh, some interesting behavior from people protesting. Um, people think the restrictions should be lifted. They want to go back to work. Uh, and I understand. I understand. It's, I get it. It's like you want to continue your livelihood. You want to go back to your life because most people's lives have been put on hold. And so the problem with this is the problem with this is you going out and protesting, and I'm going to pull up a video right now of, of, of something I got sent. Uh, you going out and protesting, it just prolongs it. I really think it just prolongs the restrictions because you're gathering groups of dozens and hundreds. You, you want your voice to be heard for sure. You know, you feel strongly about something, you let your voice be heard. But I don't know, man. Like, here we go. I'm going to pull it up right now. I'm here to protest um, the virus. I'm here to protest the virus. I'm surprised to see it in New York because New York's getting hit hard. Yes. <laughs> Whoa, 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 stop, stop. How did he spell Corona? Stop, 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 stop. Oh, Cuomo. I thought he spelled Corona wrong. He said, fuck Cuomo, the governor of New York. I thought Cuomo was doing a great job, actually. You know, I've, you know, just outside looking in, objective, I have no stake in the game. Um, Cuomo, I've seen, I've seen some, some conferences he spoke at, and he seems to be really holding it together. And it, like, like, through all the stress and anxiety of, of your town and city going to shit, um, he really seems to be holding it together, which is awesome to see and hear. Like in, in a, like a like he's taking it seriously. He's trying to be a leader. Um, he seems to have empathy and compassion, uh, and he seems to be trying to make diligent, assertive decisions without emotion, which you gotta respect. But you know. Just so you guys know for my Americans, when people outside of America watch this, and this just gets me. Let me, let me hear that again, lady. <laughs> got it, got it. She learned a lot about the Illuminati and secret societies used to run our country. Yeah, maybe they did. I don't know what that got to do with the coronavirus. And um, how they control our air, food, and water. And so, uh. frankly, uh, talk to Minister Yeah. So, when people see videos outside of America like this, th this is how, um, this is how a lot of, this is the stigma and stereotypes that a lot of non-Americans get to know America by. Because they see these videos, right? Um, a lot of them haven't traveled to America before. They see these videos. Look at this kid. This kid doesn't know what the hell he's doing. He's like, let me hold this sign up. One day he's going to be, get Cuomo out of New York 
Co oh, coronavirus. The real. Wow. That's creative. I see what you did there. Now that's interesting. Live free or die. I'm really like doing a psychoanalysis of this of this video. Um, live free or die. Well, I, th I think that's that's the troublesome thing is that people's freedoms are getting inhibited, so people can live. However, as a result, they don't feel like they're living free. And from my understanding, from a lot of my Americans, uh, that you guys pride yourselves on the, what is it, the Fifth Amendment? Amendment. Is it the one where you you have a, the right to freedom? What is this? Fifth Amendment, um, criminal, oh, no, no. Um, Second Amendment is the gun law. I think you have to bear arms. I don't know, but freedom, liberty is a big sense of uh, pride for you guys from my understanding um, and that when that gets taken away their chaos ensues in a lot of ways um, because it is so important and it's been such a it's a, such a foundational fabric of your society so I, I understand I don't understand why this guy's wearing a mask maybe 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 ironically you must look. There's people wearing masks. There's people protesting wearing masks. Is that a bit of a contradiction? Is that a bit of a con contradiction? <laughs> I ain't got those things. You know, here's the thing. This is a weird thing. When so, for those who are just listening, um, I got someone commenting um, who has a DP of um, a promiscuous female. Whenever you see, there's no girls, that ne almost never are those girls behind the keyboard. Almost never. It's always some dude or some fucking, some old, weird guy just behind a keyboard hiding. Just trying to get some next, I don't know, what you want to call it, uh, the, the next pleasure-seeking thrill. Anyway, that, that window, that open over there from that So this is how a lot of Americans view, a lot of non-Americans view America. Oh, I love that bumper sticker. Who killed JFK? No new world order. Yeah, what is that? What is the new world order? Is this someone? <laughs> I am a cam girl. I am real. I'm promoting myself, but this will cost you money. <laughs> well, you think you're gonna come on my stream, <laughs> and I'm gonna pay you money, bitch? You come on my stream, you pay me money. Oh my goodness, big boobs cam girl Brittany. That's a nice name. It just flows off the tongue. Oh god, that gets me. Oh, that gets me. Oh, good lord. Um. Oh, Jesus. Anyway. Oh, someone help me. Yeah, so th this is the, uh, yeah, the, the New World Order. New World Order, what is that? The New World Order is claimed to be an emerging, clandestine, totalitarian world government by various conspiracy theories. 
Hmm. Clandestine. I like the sound of clandestine. It sounds. It sounds. Uh. Thank you. First Amendment freedom of speech. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. That's one of them. Um, and then it's like uh, th there's a, a right to free to freedom and liberty of the individual. Uh, First Amendment prevents the government from making laws which regulate an establishment of to regulate the establishment of religion, prohibit the free exercise of religion. Wait, hold on. Prohibit. Let me read that. Guarantees freedoms. Oh, guarantees freedoms concerning religion, expression, assembly, and the right to petition. It forbids Congress from both promoting one religion over others, and also restricting individuals, also restricting individuals' religious practices. Okay. Well, that's fair enough. You sh you know, uh, you should be free to practice whatever belief system that you'd like. Uh, however, people take that far, don't they? The new order is, is claims to be an emerging clandestine totalitarian. And by the way, if anyone's watching this, you got questions, you guys got questions or comments, just chuck them below. Like Big bo uh, big Boobs Cam Girl, Brittany, who uh, tried to... <laughs> tried to get me to... Ooh, tried to get me to um, support her service. I respect your service. That, that's got to be popping off, though. Doesn't it? Like, surely... Uh, surely, Cam Girls are popping off nowadays, aren't they? Because... People are at home, people are lonely. Some people are just accumulating money from the government or they just have savings. Surely they're gonna spend it on some things like that. I, big boobs, cam girl, Brittany. I think if you're still watching this, that, that there is a, uh, this is a good time for you and your service. However, I don't think it's during YouTube live streams. I, I think that the person live streaming is not gonna, oh, maybe I should, Big boobs can go, Brittany. I wonder, because I can screen share. I can't. I'm not going to pay you anything, but if you want some exposure, then then if you're still watching this, you know. I don't. Is there any way to? How do you verify your identity? There's any way to verify your identity? I I think there's one way we can make this stream a lot more entertaining. Um, so if you're still watching this. And you don't want dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign. That's three dollar signs. That means that's hundreds. That means serious business. Um, but it's a good time. I guess it's a good time to be a uh, cam girl. Probably not the best time to be a porn star. But what the, do they really care? I mean, how safe are they going to be? I mean, probably the professional ones. But I don't know. As we were reading, the New World Order is a conspiracy theory claimed to be an emerging clandestine totalitarian world government by various conspiracy theories. The common theme is conspiracy theories about a New World Order is that a secretive power linked with globalist... It just sound like goddamn Alex Jones in here. With globalist agenda. It's, consp it's, inspired, uh, it's conspiring to eventually rule the world through an authoritarian world government, which will replace sovereign nation-states and oral encompassing propaganda whose ideology hails the establishment of the New World Order. That's the culmination of history's progress. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Many influential historical and contemporary figures have therefore been alleged to be a part of a cabal that operates through many front organizations to orchestrate significant political and financial events, ranging from causing systemic crises to pushing through controversial policies at both national and international levels as steps 
in an ongoing plot to achieve world domination. Okay, got it. So, uh, there is a group or groups that, with their influence, power, and money, control the order of events in the world. Maybe stock markets, maybe crises, things like these pandemics. Makes me think of Westworld and how uh, it's an amazing TV show if you haven't seen it. Um, how, let me get rid of this. How in that show they try and display, what are they displaying? Oh, that they build a machine called Rehoboam. Rehoboam is a machine that predicts people's behavior and society's behavior, and it's based on big data. And so there's this, it's this idea. Uh, so if you've seen um, that Netflix documentary that talks about Cambridge Analytica and how they used all that data um, from like every single American in, 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 I think they had data on like every single American, um, like like thousands of data points, and they used that data to show them and basically do predictive personality, um, like big five, like Jordan Peterson talks about his big five uh, personality traits. So they, they, they assessed markers of, say, for example, conscientiousness of... Um, uh, neuroticism, which is sensitivity to negative emotion. And so they assessed all these, they basically created these personality maps um, of millions and millions, hundreds of millions of Americans, it seems like, and they used this information to present certain, uh, I would say it's propaganda, but certain information, certain um, political information uh, that would that would trigger the individual towards their their side that they're already on or uh, further away from it. So it would trigger them towards emotion um, to create more of an uprise and create, you know, create at an individual level controversy and then at a systemic level um, a bit of disorder and chaos uh, that, could, that could basically manipulate one's decision-making. And so in this TV show, which is set in the 2050s, there is this, imagine like Mark Zuckerberg, you know, who has Facebook and WhatsApp and all this data. Instagram has an incredible amount of data. Imagine now he's using this data to, it's gotten, it's gotten so good that he can predict and that he has, he has a set of, um, he has, a, he has a, an algorithm that basically can predict society and can predict it can do multiple predictive um, levels of like the stock market and of what decisions people are going to make. What's your tendency to going to be towards suicide, or what is your likelihood to get married? And it basically they manipulate the world through this Rehoboam system because they can do predictive mapping based on your personality and your past, your genetics, and then they craft. They manipulate their society and the individual's decisions in a way that predispose them towards a, a pre-planned destiny, a pre-planned destiny that this machine has has essentially written for them. And so it's really this question of free will versus versus not non-free will that that there's fate and that you can't control your fate. But it's the idea of like the fate is written for you based on data, based on big data, based on data that's accumulated from that's that their companies are accumulating on us every single day that try and put advertisements in front of us to make money but then goes one further and that steps one further into 
trying to manipulate your decisions in life um, towards or away from something, a set of characteristics or a set of behaviors. So it's very, it's very interesting. Um, yeah, I mean that's that, that's all I that's all I got on that. The new old order. So I think uh, I think if anyone's got any determinism, possibly. What is what is determinism? So determinism, possibly. That's intense. Determinism is the philosophy theory that all events, including moral choices, are completely determined by previous existing causes. Theory that all events, including moral choices, are completely determined by pre previously existing causes. Determinism is usually understood to preclude free will because it entails that humans cannot act otherwise than they do. What do they mean by previously existing causes? Interesting. Uh, the, the determinist approach purposes that all behavior has a cause and is thus predictable. Free will is an illusion and our behavior is governed by internal and or external forces over which we have no control. Fuck. Someone call it Sam Harris. Determinist <sighs> approach and all behavior causes thus. I sometimes think that. I sometimes think like what's about to happen has already happened. You know, what's about to happen is already... Let me just post. No, I can't. Any questions, post them in the chat. Cool. So, this idea that what's about to... Ha yeah, I sometimes think that. I sometimes think that what's... Okay, so what's about to happen has, has already happened. Uh, and what I mean by that is... It's already done. Um... No, look at that. It's myself. Any questions, person? Yep. Um, that whatever's about. Yeah, it's, it's a very simple phrase. I, I sometimes say to me, "What is that? that to happen has already happened." Like when dealing with events that are a bit out of my control, um, or someone else is dealing with events that are out of their control, and, and, and just to come to terms and come to peace with the uncertainty and, and the lack of control that one might have, it's like, you know, what's going to happen with this coronavirus? It's already happened. It's done. Right. X amount of people are dead. X amount of people are infected. X amount of people are ill. Um, X economy is 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 affected and um, destroyed, or whatever the case may be. Like it's already happened. It doesn't mean we can't. I don't know if it means we can't control it, but I think because I think individuals like you. I don't know if it's. I don't know if it matters. Like this determinist view that all behaviors. Um, it, has a cause and is thus predictable like because sometimes it's it's what you feel that matters most because your feeling is your reality and so even if you know even if we're in a simulation for example even even if determinism is real on that you know uh, free will is an illusion our behavior is governed by internal or external forces over which we have no control i think it doesn't matter because people feel like they have control like i feel like i have control like i i, I took a decision today to do this live stream okay um, I, 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 have a, I have a decision on what I'm going to do after this okay now maybe all those decisions are pre-planned and pre-written maybe they are but does that change the fact that I feel like I have control and I don't think it does 
and so that I don't think it matters too much. Maybe it does on an existential level of like, who are we? What what are our purpose in this universe? Um, you know, for these philosophical questions, maybe they do matter. But but for the feeling it is to be a human being and the feeling of control and the feeling of free will that one has, maybe it maybe it doesn't matter so much um, because it, I'm going to do what I'm going to plan to do anyway. Like I have a plan for my days, I have a plan for my weeks, I have a plan for my months. Um, and I will execute those. And when something goes wrong, I, I respond to it. Or at least I feel like I can respond to it. Even though determinism determines that that our behavior... Maybe I'm misinterpreting it. Our behavior is governed by internal and external forces over which we have no control. So is that also assuming the internal forces of like our emotion, of our genetics that we have no control over? The internal forces of our, of our perceived free will? Of our my perceived ability to move my hands in this way and... and speak this way like is that all written maybe does it matter i don't i don't know i don't know if it matters i really don't know i don't know if it changes much at least for me at an individual level I, I don't think it changes like how i act i think it's an interesting conversation philosophically but i i don't know if it really matters um actually i know i got some questions from uh facebook um you guys don't have me on Facebook I have a Facebook page where I put all this stuff up as well because I believe that no one should bet all their chips in one basket I think one of the biggest mistakes we make um, with, with anything in life is that we we put all our eggs in one basket and like for example you know maybe you want to grow a business um, and you know you your Instagram is pretty big as many people's are and you know you, you're a fucking quote-unquote influencer whatever the hell that means you have people following you and you, you have some influence over people um i'm gonna stop that scrolling sound what was i saying uh the fact that i forgot what the fuck i was saying oh eggs in one basket man i'll answer that question real quick um, that's a great question. Uh, what books do you recommend that can have a huge impact on your perspective on life? I get asked this quite often because I do obviously book summaries. And I really want to do the book Sapiens and I'm anticipating to hopefully this year, but I'm just fucking busy. Um, that sometimes make me think like maybe I should have separated this channel, done a Talking Chimps channel and done like a personal channel, but I'm like, fuck it. I'll put it all together. Like, fuck it. Like, you know, I'm just going to do what the fuck I want to do. Like, it, it, sometimes you just overthink things like this. And like speaking of it, it's like, putting all, egg, all eggs in one basket, um, a lot of people do that They, with the business and like, I'm only going to sell on this website. I'm only going to be active on this social media. I'm like, I'm, I got to put, I gotta, you got to diversify. It's just, just like uh, assets. You want to diversify your assets, just like, like uh, money. You want to diversify your income streams. You do not want to put, I think the biggest one is like a lot of people are realizing now that their income streams are very, very limited. You only have one, maybe two, if you're lucky, income streams. That is a huge mistake. You've got to have multiple income streams, minimum two. Because when one gets taken away, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do when your income stream gets taken away? As it has now, people relying on the government to pay them money. Now, here's my question. What the fuck is going to happen when, when this shit finishes? What's going to happen? People have borrowed all this money, okay? Like, my government, I'll give you an example. The government, they've given a lot of fucking money to its citizens. Like, they were really helping them out. I'll give you an example. So, uh, first off, they started off with one-off payments of 750 
Australian dollars, okay? And you could, this, this would be equivalent of like, if you're talking American, this is like the equivalent of like, plus, plus 40% to it. Um, plus 40%, yeah. So call it 1200 or something. One of payments they started with. Then for people who, there's job seeker and job keeper. So for people who have been unemployed, uh, they get one, one component uh, of fortnightly money from the government. Um, and people who are, who have been um, laid off, they get another. Well, I think I just said the same thing. Anyway, there's two different components, and they can basically the government will give you. Uh, so I wonder how if anybody is in a similar situation. How much is your government giving you or giving their, its citizens? Because one, they started off with the for us, they started off with the $750 one-off payment, and then they're doing a weekly $1,500. Is it weekly? Fuck, I think it is. Job weekly $1,500. Job seeker. No, job job keeper payments. So what this means is that, okay, uh, $1,500, $1,500 per fortnight. Fucking, I know fuckers who weren't making fucking half that. So basically the government's giving them more money than they were actually earning because $1,500 a fortnight, you know, uh, let me do that, times 52. What? That's 78 grand a year. That's seventy-eight fucking grand a year. That's a, that's a pretty decent living for the average person. Like you can you can rent a decent place. You can pay your overheads for utilities, and and you can be comfortable to go out to nice places and travel a little bit. Like that's a decent living if you control your expenses. Seventy-eight grand. I'm, fuckers are not earning. A lot of fuckers are not earning seventy-eight grand. They're now getting these job keeper payments, and the, you better fucking use that money wisely because guess what? Guess what? What the fuck is gonna happen after? Right? What's going to happen after? After the government gives out, they're processing hundreds and hundreds and thousands of claims. They're giving out fucking tens of millions of dollars. It's like fucking Oprah. You get, you get this. You, you, you get a check. You get a check. When this all comes around, it's not just Australia. It's the whole world. Like Martin's telling me, twelve hundred dollars stimulus check and an extra six hundred a week for unemployment for California. Okay, you get six hundred a week. Okay, so that's actually kind of similar. Like we're talking similar amounts of money here. Interesting how it works out to be. We're on a similar page. When all these billions and billions, maybe trillions, I don't even know, of dollars get borrowed from where? I don't know. You just printed money, you just given it out. Uh, apparently, I heard that fr- from uh, one of my clients that we're, we're giving this, we're borrowing the money from China. I don't know how true that is, but if it is, then China's really trying to really make it some bank. They're going to really have some leverage over us. Exactly. Benny, people's taxes will crush their checks in 2021. Absolutely. Absolutely. How are they going to make their money back? They got to tax you out of this world. Now, however, I don't know, like I've heard, maybe I'm wrong. Can they tax, like every state's different. Can they tax your, the income you made from this? I know some places don't. Uh, if you're eligible, um, Will they, because if they, they probably will, they probably will tax it. Can they tax job paper payment? Because if they do, uh, I'm required to pay a superannuation job, uh, you must pay a minimum. So that basically the businesses are paying their federal FICA. I've heard of FICA. I'm going to look up um, just for the people who are listening and don't know what that is. Or maybe you can explain it faster than I can. Federal FICA is an insurance contributions act um, directed towards employees and employees to fund social security and medicare right so b- like basic fees to fund like government things um, 
yeah, it's going to get squirrely, man. I don't think people... If you are receiving money from the government right now, do not... Do not... I don't want to say do not spend it. Like, you're going to need to spend it on things you need to spend, like food and utilities and basic living expenses. But please do not spend all of it. Fuck. Put, 50, put, it, put at least 50% away. Every time you get it, chuck 50% away because the government's going to come back for it. How they going to... Ha- how are they going to fucking make their money back? You don't want a country completely... You don't want to live in a country that's completely in debt. And now, for years and years, has to recoup all that money that they, they gave you. They're going to come for it. They have to. Like, what's the alternative? I'm not an economist. I'm not an expert on this shit. But what is the alternative? Like, I think the alternative is that a lot of people are going to go broke. A lot of people are going to struggle hard. I think the suicides and um, the downstream consequences of this pandemic are going to be multi-multifaceted. Get ready for it. Just just put it away. Be smart. Um, don't spend it all. Because if you spend it majority now and a year's time, the fuckers come back and they, they can change the laws. The governments will change laws and regulations like that. Just look at this. Look at this whole situation. They're changing laws like fucking that, man. They can, I can go out, if I, the police catch me in not going to an essential service and I get someone who's putting out fines immediately, he's not giving warnings, I can get fined like a thousand dollars. That's no small amount of money for the average person. That's, it's that's, that's like a fortnightly check for some people, right? I don't want to, people don't want to have to pay those fines, but they're doing it. That, that's now exists. There's restrictions on freedom of movement. It's never existed before in our lifetime. So if they can do things like that on the drop of a hat, then you can be damn sure that they can justify taxing fucking 50% on, on your income, which is a, gag- a ridiculous amount, but it's actually not far off like a hundred plus thousand tax brackets or 250,000 tax plus tax brackets. The fact that they take, that you're consuming the same amount of resources if you make a million dollars, $250,000. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. Let's, let me show you right now. Tax Australia. And we'll do America too, just because fuck it. Why not? We'll do, we'll do the US. I'll do a comparison of USA tax brackets versus. Oh, and another thing about tax. Why do, where does it go? Where does it go? Where does it go? Someone tell me. Where does it go? Okay, yeah, I know it goes, it goes to the roads. It goes to the, it goes to the utilities. It goes to the emergency services. That's awesome. Amazing. But like, where does it go? How much does it go there? How's the distribution? Why don't we know? Why don't they tell us? How many little fuckers in the government are pulling out you know, I'm gonna take that half percent. Oh, no one will know. No one will notice how much tax gets paid in your country per year. Ah, it's a couple, like a group of people, maybe uh, come together and 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 you know just take, you know, take money from it because they have the power to do so. Anyway, I can't articulate that as well because that's just a, that's just a not a conspiracy theory, but it's just a possible theory. So I'm gonna get rid of myself here. What I'm looking at, Australian income tax rates. So if you make zero to 18,000 in Australia, you get you don't have to pay any tax. So good. You know what? You're starting out, you know, it, it, you start out on a, on a kind of a strong, um, get, to get up on your feet, you know? Oh, America, zero to 9,000. You pay 
So there's, you have no leeway for flexibility there. Interesting. Uh, but we, when we go to the next tax bracket, we go 19% from 18,000 to 37,000. Whereas America, it stays at, it's only a 12% for up to 40,000. Interesting. And then from 40,000 to 84,000, America has 22%. And that's equivalent to Australia's 37,000 to 90,000. We have a 32.5% tax increase. However, we also have to be considerate that our dollars are not equivalent. Um, so I think the disparity in the currency difference actually makes up the percentage differences pretty well here. 90,000 to 180,000, you in Australia, you will pay 37%. Oh, there's more rows. Let's go deeper. Excuse me. Okay. All right. 180,000 over, you're paying 40 Five percent. They are taking nearly half of your damn income. Whereas in America, you have five hundred thousand or more, and you're paying thirty-seven percent. That's still nearly what is that? Uh, it's more than a third. I'm trying to bracket it out. It's nearly half, but it's not as close to half as Australia. So. Now, I'd love to know. Where's that go? Shouldn't we know? Maybe part of voting should be. Maybe a part of voting should be deciding as a collective population where we would like the money to go. Now, I'm not saying the citizens should get full control, because I think there should be experts in the matter on government level who also get a say as well. Maybe they get more of a say or maybe it's 50-50. I don't know. But maybe, or maybe certain citizens, maybe if you're paying this tax bracketed above, but that really creates some classism, doesn't it? That really separates, that really creates classism very distinctively. Like you get more rights than me because you make more money than me. Yeah, that's slippery. I don't know. I don't know the answer because this is a slippery subject. But I think people smarter than me and groups of people who are smart can come together and figure this out. <sighs> because the government's going to come for your motherfucking money. They're going to come. Pause. And they're going to, after you borrow all this, they borrow this money? What the, what the fuck's going to be the consequence of that? What, depression? Economic depression? Economic recession is arguably already here. Right, so it's an opportune time when the, when there is adversity, there is an equal seed of benefit and opportunity to be found. And and I heard another quote: a crisis is an opportunity riding a dangerous wave. Okay, a crisis is an opportunity riding a dangerous wave. So ride that fucking dangerous wave and take advantage of this. Okay, I'll give you another example. Like my universities, I go to university, I'm studying. I will study for probably a very long time in my life. I want to learn a lot. However, they're giving $500 checks out to, or to bank deposits, direct bank deposits to people who are struggling. Um, and you just justify by this drop-down box, da-da-da-da. Are you struggling in this way? Your family's been affected. Your personal income, you've been employed. All right, you write a short sentence, been accepted. Boom. Here's $500. Okay, so there's more money that could be... Because the government's now working with universities. There's more money. 
right? It doesn't end. Money is coming in from fucking everywhere, right? It's amazing because people can support themselves. But at the same time, people are getting bailed out. Businesses and people are getting bailed the fuck out. And I'm, I know people, like, this is very serious for a lot of people. people some people have checked to check, right? I'm not because I know better, right? But at the same time, some people aren't taught better. Some people just don't have better. Some people don't have the tools. They don't have the tools. They never got taught the tools necessary to be equipped for these crises, these these dangerous, risky situations. They never got taught. They never they never learnt. They never went out to learn. They never they never had the enthusiasm or the want. They never thought about it. And now they're caught off guard. Then they're panicking. And now they don't know how they're going to feed their children if this keeps going for six months. Now they don't know. Stretching, they don't know if they're gonna have to move in with their with their family again, right? I, this is a very real thing for so many people, right? I I love this. I love this time. This is fucking exciting for me. I'm getting so much done. You know, I figured out how to do this shit. For example, that's pretty cool. Figured out how to put space behind me in this green screen, which fucking looks tremendous. If I do, if I, if I do say so myself. Um. So this is a great time for me, right? I'm excited because I recognize the, the, the seed of opportunity in this adversity. I recognize this is a time for investments, which I'm doing in businesses and stocks. Now, am I an expert? Fuck no. Am I taking some risk? Fuck yeah. But a crisis is an opportunity riding dangerous wind, and I'm, I'm going to ride that fucking dangerous wind and just see where it takes me. Okay? I'm going to make a plan. I'm going to be strategic. I'm going to save my money. I'm going to invest my money, and I'm going to continue chasing my personal legend all through this, you know? Gyms are closed. Those who don't know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a health coach, health professional, strength conditioning coach, blah, blah, blah. Gen- I'm a generalist. I'm a generalist coach, okay? And so as a result, gyms are closed. Oh, no, fuck, gyms are closed. What am I going to do? I can't coach my athletes and clients. Of course I can. I can do one-on-ones. That's the maximum we can do legally, outdoors. We got a little home gym set up. Take advantage of that. I train in it. I take advantage of that. I can still maintain my business. I can take all my clients online and coach them remotely. Find your version of that opportunity. This has never been better. I never had. I never. This year has been the best for me, for my profession, my vocation. It's getting better. I'm making more money. I'm helping more people. It's not an accident. It's not an accident. I mean, some, some some things are serendipitous, some things are luck, some things are coincidence. Absolutely, for sure. But I am using this time to refine and create a really, sh- um, refine and build a system, a strong system within my profession of vocation. And you can too. You can too. Make an analysis. Analyze. Get your shit tight, man. Get your fucking shit tight. And what I mean by that, because what the hell does that mean? You said, like... There are holes and weaknesses in all our buckets. And it's time for us to plug those fuckers. Plug those fuckers in. Right? Don't, you're getting, we're getting exposed right now. Getting exposed as a society and as individuals. And it's time we plug that, plug our holes and our weaknesses. So I'm doing that. I'm doing that. I'm like, okay. And I'm refining it and I'm proving it. And it feels good because I'm like, I can, this is how you create a prosperous future right here. This is how you do it. In an adversity, you create, you find the opportunity and you ride it. You ride it. 
because the alternative is is chaos. You have to learn from this. You have to take the situation and make yourself better, or you're gonna get overwhelmed. And maybe you do get overwhelmed, but you can come you can come out of that. You can definitely come out of that. You can you can get overwhelmed and come out of it more positive. Uh, you know, sometimes the stress and anxiety people go through um, really cripples them, but often it can it can serve as a catalyst for amazing growth. Power Matrix says it's time to work on our insecurities and seize the historical moment. Yes. Exactly. It is a historical moment. Well said. It's a historical moment. And you know what I love? When people say it's a once in a lifetime event. I'm going to show you a graph that maybe suggests that's true, maybe suggests that's not true. I'm going to show you an amazing uh, because people I think it's I think it's a big mistake saying this is a once in a lifetime event uh, because it's philosophically lazy. Um, and I'll, I'll explain I'll explain why that is. Okay, I'm gonna share something on my screen here. All right, so what I'm looking at is the history of pandemics. Oh, actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get rid of me. You don't need to see me. The history of pandemics is what I'm about to look at. There, okay. A pandemic is a disease prevalent over a whole country or the world, which it nearly is pretty much. It's like, goddamn, almost a whole world, which is pretty profound. Um, all right. So throughout history, humans spread across the world. Infectious diseases have been a constant companion. Even in modern era, outbreaks are nearly, cons uh, are nearly constant. Here are some history's most deadly pandemics from the Antonine Plague to the novel coronavirus. Now, so the Antoine Plague, we're looking at like, this was ages ago. Like, what is, year is this? We're looking at year zero. <laughs> Look at that, year zero, year 200. Can you believe that? Year zero, it's such a weird thing to say. The Antoine Plague apparently killed five million people. Okay, such a long time ago. Just fucking how many people ago got that? We're just a blip. We're just a blip in existence. Look at that, 2,000 years ago. Jesus Christ. Anyway, Plague of Justin Tinian, 541 to 552, 30 to 50 million people. And, and the size of these these the size of these balls represent the size of the relative size of deaths of how basically um, impactful it was. We have yellow fever in the eighteen hundreds killed one hundred one hundred fifty thousand, and it, but basically my point is like are these once in a lifetime events? So if a lifetime is eighty to one hundred years, yeah, we can see that these things are happening. You know, about every hundred years. Earlier on, it was maybe a bit more spread out, but who knows how accurate some of that history was? It's very hard to get accurate history from there but when we get into the 1800s all right we have the cholera cholera six outbreak that killed one million the fucking hell that lasted for jesus christ oh my god it lasted from 1817 to 1923 jesus christ wow the third plague 12 million 1855 uh so that was there's twice in a lifetime okay the spanish flu in 1918 for some people that would have been three times in a lifetime Okay, cholera, third plague, Spanish flu, Russian flu. Um, and I mean three times in a lifetime for the world. I don't mean as an individual because they're localized to a different country. The Russian flu. Eight, and there's people say like, oh, I shouldn't call it the Chinese flu, the, the Wuhan virus. I mean, the, the virus nomenclature ha has been defined to regions often. Like there's many examples like Spanish, Russian, um, 
Asian flu, Hong Kong flu. Like, we've called these things that, that before. Like, I th- people forget, I think, because we're disconnected from history. But Asian flu was 1.1 million people in the 1950s. Hong Kong flu was in 1968 to 1970, killed a million people. Um, uh, we slightly did it with the MERS, Middle Eastern Respiratory Syndrome, 2017 to present. And so now we're looking at the present. Um, oh, jeez, I haven't even got to the highest yet. HIV-AIDS, 25 to 35 million, 1981 to the present. Um, so this was created in March 15, 2020. March 15, 2020, guess how many deaths there were? Just guess. I just want you to make a mental guess. No, put it in the comments. Put it in the comments. If you're watching this, if you haven't commented yet, just do it. Just comment. Um, oh, actually, you're seeing the screen. That's dumb of me. You can see how many deaths there were. In March 15, there were six... Point four thousand coronavirus deaths. Six point four in March fifteen. How many weeks later is March fifteen? So I'm gonna look at my calendar. We're looking at one month, five, six, seven. We're about seven, six, seven weeks later. We're at two hundred and sixty plus thousand deaths. That's a big increase in six, seven, six, seven weeks. Okay. So we've surpassed the swine flu, which was 200,000. We've surpassed Ebola, which was 11,000. In fact, coronavirus has become the biggest pandemic in the last, what was that, 50 years? Since the Hong Kong flu. Oh, if you count the HIV and AIDS. If you, don't, if you count HIV and AIDS, it's, 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 it's not. But if you discount HIV and AIDS, then it is. But the highest, and we get to these giant ones, death hold, the Black Death bubonic plague. 200 million. That is a gargantuan number that is so hard to comprehend. The plague originated in rats and spread to humans and via infected fleas. It wiped out 30 to 50% of Europe's population and it took more than 200 years for the continent's population to recover. Talk about hard times creating hard men. It doesn't get much harder than that. 200 million, 30-50% of Europe's population. You know how many people you must know who have died? Like, I don't know anybody. Well, I'm so, so fortunate that I don't know anybody who knows anybody who's got the coronavirus. Now, you guys might feel different. Maybe you do. I'm in a region, an area of Melbourne and Australia where doing a great job we just don't have that many active cases it's just we're really flattening curve it's awesome it's amazing so i'm very fortunate i feel fortunate however there's many who aren't and know people who have got it and who have died from it but this is this is the point the whole point of bringing that up was to show you that you can see events happening not once in every lifetime. They were happening multiple times in every lifetime. Okay? So one, that's a mistake and factually incorrect. Number two is that it's not just about these pandemic events happening once in a lifetime. It's about a pandemic-like event. It's about an event that can trigger uh, a cataclysmic effect of adverse circumstances to poverty, to food shortages, to panic to riots, um, 
to all the other to all the things that we're seeing that this pandemic is affecting to restrict to social restrictions to government restrictions to freedom f- freedom of movement restrictions these this can happen again and will happen again because it's not the only event circumstance that can cause these types of events for example natural disasters now while these are localized usually to countries in specific regions and we are affected to them by proxy natural disasters contribute and cause like we had bad 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 wildfires and bushfires last year in australia really bad worst i've ever seen in my lifetime right um that there's other examples like uh terrorist attacks natural disasters space anomalies asteroids solar flares these 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 are all projected to occur and have occurred it's just the when that we aren't smart enough to know exactly yet because it's so difficult to predict some of these things there's apparently supposed to be some asteroid that's supposed to fly past us um pretty soon like a big big motherfucker right just fly past and just i just tempt us just to just to say hello and that hey how you doing your existence is finite and we can drop down and end it all in just a second just a little reminder so there's these un like we need to be prepared for all of it okay do you have a power supply what happens if the power goes out the power grid goes out do you have a power supply i just bought one a jackery 500 watt okay you should get one um, everyone should get one because then we don't have to rely. We, like, just fucking, just do it because then you don't have to go when shit hits the fan. You don't go. You don't have to. You don't have to go steal now for your family. You don't have to go. You don't have to go rob people and fight people to keep your family safe and alive, right? Because you have influence and impact enough people to be self-sustaining on the run, right? And it's probably risk me even saying that because now I put myself as a target. Oh, if shit hits the fan. Alexander's got some shit. All right, it's a risk. It's a risk, but it's a, I don't know. It's a risk I, at this point I'm worth taking because I, I want to. I don't. I'm not just talking. I want to walk the walk and demonstrate that I'm making those investments. It's just expensive. It's like nearly a thousand dollars for a good power generator. It runs off solar panels. I'm gonna get some solar panels and just be prepared. Good night, man. Good night, power matrix. I've done more of these. I've already done uh, two. Two. I do these almost every week with people or by myself. So um. Sleep well. I will do more of these in the future. <sighs> Doing something with people in the, in the future. So just be prepared, man. Be, be prepared because you're going to get caught off guard eventually. Um, and you, the, the strong survive, but the prepared thrive. Be prepared. Preparation dictates performance. All right. So... If you guys got any last questions, I'm going to answer Martin's question. What books I recommend uh, that can have a huge impact on perspective on your on your life? Um, it's a good question. And so uh, what I've done is I have created a link for this. I basically created uh, a shop, if you will, that lists all my favorite books that have impacted me um, the most that I will share with you guys below and I'll read out some for those who are just listening. Uh, Paulo Coelho is a recent one that I've reread. It's an amazing um, a book, fiction book that I recommend, uh, you know, just like some pre-sleep reading um, to calm your body down and get you sleepy, uh, which I find is very beneficial. So for everybody else, I just put that in the comments, which you can see in the video at a later date. 
Um, now, but I'll show you. I'll show you as well. Uh, I'll show you. So the Paulo Coelho, the Alchemist, really recommend that if you want a fiction book. I, I was a big fiction reader uh, back in the past or historically, but um, that is one of the best ones uh, I've read, and I highly, highly recommend it. Um, Jordan Peterson's Twelve Rules for Life. You can see on my channel um, that I've done every single rule. I've reviewed it. I've sorry, I've not reviewed it. I've analyzed. It. I've created these video summaries on them. I've done the same thing with the Forty Eight Levels of Power uh, and How to Influence Influence People. All three books that are incredible. Um, but it, it, I would say most recently, Twelve Rules for Life has had the biggest impact. And then historically, in the past, when I was younger, uh, 48 Laws of Power and How to Influence and Influence People. How to Influence and Influence People is like, it's like this 70, 80-year-old book that is just the, the basic principles of human behavior. And they're super, super practical. It's like 48 Laws of Power, but like distilled and super practical and down to earth and not, not doesn't, I love 48 Laws of Power though, because it, it talks about all these historic examples of, of how of power and influence and manipulation, mistakes people have made and how you can how that translates to today's era. Um, so I think all the incredible books um, for the men out there, uh, I said growing into, I have a category called Growing Into a Man, and one of them is The Way of the Superior Man um, by David Deirdre. I think it's a book that every man should read. Uh, I think it's basically gives you tools um, and, and thought-provoking philosophies on how to navigate relationships, women, the opposite sex. Um, how, what are your standards? How to develop your standards um, as, as a man? Uh, something that I don't think a lot of young men get taught uh, because they lack strong father figure role models. And so I think that's particularly profound for me and I, I really recommend it. So I, I'd start with those. Um, and, and I will be reading Laws of Human Nature and hopefully summarizing Sapiens. Sapiens is an amazing book if you want to just get away from you know self-help and you want to you want to talk about. I should really add that here. I need to add that. Um, I can do it right now. I'll do it later. Uh, yeah, Sapiens is a Human History of Mankind by Yuval Noah Harari. It's an incredible book um, that I would really really recommend. Uh, Human History of Mankind summarizing just so many important points about how we got here how did we get from fucking chimps to all these different variations of homo sapiens to here like we're two percent dna away from just being a chimpanzee like jesus christ all right i think i'm gonna get, i'm gonna keep a shorter shorter stream today if you guys got any last comments questions put them below i'll give you guys about 20 30 seconds um to do that in the meantime, you guys can uh, see all these things on YouTube, Facebook, um, Instagram. I'll post snippets of highlights of uh, past videos if you want to just get the five, ten minute chunks. I do that on YouTube too. I need to do that more. Um, and then Twitter, I'll, I put like just profound quotes and just things I'm thinking that are really uh, interesting to me. I do that on Facebook too, actually. So those will be the places if you want to find out more. Um, I'll be doing this in person uh, again pretty soon. Uh, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Dylan Walters, do you also practice semen retention? I don't know what the fuck that is. I can I can assume what that is. You're gonna have to elaborate on that. But I, I can understand. David Deirdre actually talks about um, 
Is it the multi-orgasmic man? There's a book called The Multi-orgasmic Man. I think I don't know who that's by. David Dieter talks a lot about sex and uh, um, basically regaining control over your sexual power, your sexual energy. Basically, not bust busting as much. Oh, okay. She just said. She just said that. Uh, look. Martin only in November. What's only in November? Oh. <laughs> no, not November. Um, I think that a lot of guys are addicted to the feeling of pleasure, right? They're addicted to the feeling of pleasure, and they use porn as a vehicle to escape and chase this heightened sense of acute short-term pleasure and then Dylan Walters yes we are think it makes us really weak to be honest and you know what Dylan I think there's something to that I'll argue both sides I think when energy builds up in a man and he feels the need to fucking it's what it is you know make like as we're chasing this ephemeral heightened orgasmic feeling right why 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 are we how much of it is primitive how much is it evolutionary like i see a beautiful woman and my my chimp dna switches on and i want to procreate with that and spread my seed to the world how much of it how much is that how much of it is primitive and evolutionary and how much of it should we respect our primitive evolution and how much of it is old how much of that is just old dna and old coding that we we should learn to control and master our own willpower or lack of willpower right master our senses master control of our brain somatosensory like brain and body right i think that i practice discipline Dylan, I practice discipline. And so for me, discipline comes in many forms. It comes in exercising every day. It comes in reading every day. It comes in eating whole, whole nutritious foods. And it comes in also forms of... How do I say? Not abstaining from pleasure. Because I think abstaining from undisciplined pleasure. Abstaining from pleasure that is out of control right so i think a lot of men don't like you got to ask yourself why am i feeling the urge to go look at porn every day or every second day why do i feel the urge to why am i why am i so overstimulated and feel this urge every single day right i don't I exhaust my energy and I'm so preoccupied and I've like so much shit to do that that shit doesn't really cross my mind. I use my relationship as a vehicle to express those feelings when necessary, but I'm not addicted to them. I think it's a problem. People get addicted to the feelings of pleasure. People get addicted to the feelings of sex and they begin to fall in love with the emotion. And when you fall in love with the emotion, you, you become the woman. 
And the man is not meant to become the woman. The man is meant to stay the man. I was asking because I wanted to know how you get over the overwhelming temptation or what practices you put into place to become more disciplined. That's a great question. And I can tell you, I can give you an answer. Okay, because I've been on both sides. I've been a weak, feeble man who was just chasing pleasure and just... I didn't, you don't have, when you're a boy, you don't have control and discipline over your emotions and over your feelings, right? It's not to suppress the feelings, it's to come to terms with them and to befriend them and then to not let them control you, but you control them. You are driving the car. You're not letting your emotion drive it. And this is not just about pleasure and orgasms and, and, you know, masturbating, right? It's really a symbol for controlling all emotion you can't be in you can't be in love with love you can't you can't let love the the emotion of love or happiness drive your ship because then the ship has a rudder that goes all over the place you are all over the place because you're at the whims of your emotion and emotion is by definition like it's up and down so if you can stay somewhat neutral through that right don't get too high don't get too low so basically being an observer of yourself. Dylan said, I, I like that. I like that idea. Being an observer, observer of yourself. I think if when you, when you look at yourself from like a bird's eye, which is hard to do. It's difficult to do. But when you go top down and you realize, I think what Joe Rogan said one, one time, be the hero in your own journey. <laughs> Holy shit, bro's got the Kratos beard. I love it, man. It's a pandemic beard. Kratos is a God of War character, I think. Yeah, man, I don't fuck around. Be an observer of yourself. Um, yeah, be an observer of yourself in a way. With what would Joe Rogan said? Be the hero in your own in your own movie. So, what would your hero do? Your hero would be in control. Your hero would be disciplined. Your hero would be, think of the your favorite superhero. What would they do? Be that. Be that hero. Be your hero in your own journey. They wouldn't fuck around, waste time, and let themselves get addicted to the pleasures of life. It's not to say you don't enjoy the pleasures. It's not to say you can't experience sexual pleasure. That's not, I'm not, that's not the case here. Because the body and the mind is meant to be experienced in all levels, right? But do it in a controlled and disciplined way. If you're going to do it, do it with purpose. Do it with, I feel this huge energy rise, and maybe you need to get that energy rise out of you, right? And so that's one mechanism to do it. However, you got to ask yourself, why is the energy rise so consistent? Are you exercising? Are you draining that battery? Because ex- it's, not, it's not really exercising so you don't feel the urge to be horny and masturbate. It's like exercising because like it's, it's something disciplined to do. It's something that's going to build your health, wellness, mentality. And the side effect is that, oh, I'm draining the battery. I don't feel this, this such this huge emotional urge to seek, you know? Because it's just chasing one sexual fucking orgasm to the next. That's what people like chase like so often. It's like you have to be in control of your emotion. Emotion, energy, motion. Got that from Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah. Yeah, emotion. Yeah, right. That's a that's a that's a that's a good, really good foundational book on on money. Um, if you've never got taught much about money and, and you don't have good role models in financial, uh, in fiscal, fiscal intelligence, then then definitely go check Rich Dad Poor Dad out. It's gonna give you a really basic overview and introduction, um, into that. 
so how do you overcome the temptation after that long preamble exercise as often as you reasonably can every day if you can a little bit um, mindfulness get outside and breathe every morning ground yourself grounding yourself comes through getting outdoors and grounding yourself comes through breathing purposeful breathing you control eating whole nutritious foods so basically does it, did it come from the ground does it fly there's a breathe so like like you may not eat animals and that's fine um, so does it come from the ground or is it made and refined in a like a plant in a, in a machine with a machine you want to avoid those okay you want to, things that swim they fly uh, they breathe um, and they come from the ground they come from the earth essentially you want to prioritize your sleep it's huge if you're not sleeping well you don't have quality sleep you don't have good duration you don't have good um, consistency then every 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 single body system every single one immune system muscular system nervous system cognitive health disease everything gets worse your proclivity uh, towards making uh, your proclivity towards being less social everything so if you can master those foundational things and you can work on those foundational things, everything else will get better. Yes, you have to take care of your physical body. You have to. Because your physical body and mental body are interconnected. So mind is body, body is mind. To, 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 as you move one, you move the other and you build momentum. And so the, probably the easiest thing to do is move your body, right? That often is the easiest thing to do. Sometimes moving the mind is harder. It's, it's more difficult to to grasp right especially when you find it difficult to maybe get outdoors and, and, and you don't have to meditate you don't even have to close your eyes just sit outdoors just sit outside no distractions no phone no nothing just breathe just notice your breathing what am I thinking today what am I feeling what am I planning that's it so getting control over the overwhelming temptation is, is those things and also finding your purpose finding your personal legend Finding your personal legend, right? And read The Alchemist if you want to know more about this. The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho, right? Check out the link I sent you and just go get it. It's an amazing book. Finding your personal legend, it is, it is, the, it is like this universal calling. In, in, everyone has it. Everyone has this, this universal calling that we're all here for. To something that we're here to do. Something that we're, that we're, we're destined to achieve and do in this life uh, and it might change over your lifetime but it's figuring out who you are building self-awareness through self-reflective writing and personality testing and and conversations with people open honest conversations with people and then it's doing things you're curious about what are you curious about try some new things and I think you have to get over that speed hump you know, if you don't know what your personal legend is, what you're here on this planet, oh, it sounds so, so like, ah, oh, it sounds so like fucking in the sky, like, what are you on this planet to do? It's, it's like, it's something that, you know what it is? If you could tell, no, if no one knew, if no one knew about it, would you still do it? So, if you could tell no one about what you were doing, would you still do it? And 
that I think is part of the answer to what a personal legend is. Um, because a lot of people are doing things just because they, they, they want to say they do them to their parents, to their friends, to society. So I think read that book and find your personal legend. Go on the, the hunt and the process to finding it. Take care of your body, take care of your minds. And, and develop positive relationships with people because often people who are overwhelmed with the emotion to, to constantly chase um, constantly chase pleasure. I don't know why those comments are doing things for clout or just to make your parents happy. Fuck that. Yeah, but so many people get trapped, man. They get trapped. They get trapped. They get trapped trying to please others. And I get it because sometimes that saves a lot of grief and anguish and arguments. Sometimes you feel guilty and you want to pay them back, right? But you're right, fuck that. Like, we have one life. And we, we, we have to be selfish in that, in that sense that we can't live for another. We have to live for ourselves first. And by taking care of ourselves, then we can fully, wholly help others. We won't be resentful for the world then. We won't be resentful to the world. How do you get past that phase? Which phase? There's a delay on the video, so I don't know which component of what I was talking about. Which phase? Um, yeah, so I'm going to read the other comments. Not, oh, so the phase of not caring about clout, which is essentially what others think. You know what? I think it's a difficult, difficult question because it's... I don't know if there's one thing I can say that's going to flick a light switch like that. I don't know. Let me think about it. What's the, what's the one thing that... How do you... Oh! Oh, you know what? I'll give you a tactic that I did because I was noticing... Mm, I think you have to be very careful about who your circle is, who the people around you are. Are they uplifting, empowering, positive people that you want to work with, that you would, that you admire, that have character traits that you like, or are they energy-sucking, emotion-sucking people? Right, that's going to be huge um, because I think you should care about what people think, and you shouldn't care about what people think because. People matter. People matter the most. People, that's it. Life is about people. So I think we should care about what, you, what each other think, but we shouldn't care about what each other think more than what we think about ourselves. Shouldn't, shouldn't care about what others think more than we, we care about ourselves and we think about ourselves. Okay? And Martin said, maybe using social media less. And I think you're 100% right, man. And that's where I was thinking and going. Because as you guys may have seen on my Instagram, I don't follow anybody. I follow zero people now. And I have done for, I don't know, about, about a year, six months, eight months, I don't know, whatever it is. And that has allowed me to clear up a lot of space in my head. Because it's natural to scroll through the... It's natural to scroll through that social media 
and feel emotions of envy and jealousy and wanting to impress others. So you have to create conditions that don't allow it. Now, does that get to the root cause of it? No, but it gives you some space to figure out why you felt those things. And so I would recommend either following zero people or imagining like you have 50 chips. And if these 50 chips are your 50 favorite people in the world that you would want to, that you want to have in your circle, it could be Dwayne Johnson, it could be Joe Rogan, and it could be LeBron James, it could be like these big influential people that, you, you know, that really inspire you. Right? They don't make you feel jealous and envious, but they inspire you. Yeah, 50 chips. Like 50 people that you can follow maximum. Or like 10, 20. You define the number. For me, it's zero. For me, it's zero. Because I'm not, I'm not trying to worry about what other people are doing. i got, I got to stay focused. Right? And so how you get out of that phase, I think, is just a constant, a constant pursuit of self-development and trying to be better. I think it's it. It's like it's not going to happen overnight. And you have to make peace with that. It didn't for me. And you know, it, it's still, it'll peak back up every now and again. It's like a, it's like a fucking crazy fucking ex-girlfriend that just wants to get back in your life every now and again. You know, she'll just knock at the door. And you just say, fuck off. I'm busy. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get better here. Um, and so it, it, it's a, it's a constant thing, especially especially in, in your 20s and uh, your teenage years, as, as some of you guys may have just been through. Um, you know, Anthony said, it took me from 30 to 20 to drop that clout chasing. I lost literally all my friends leaving the clout phase. Yeah. You say you'd lost your friends, but I don't know if they, if they really were friends then. If they really were valuable friends to you, uh, is the question. I, it's doubtful to me. Um, we've got to upgrade our circle. And it's not to say... Some, pe- some people are destructive. Some people are self-destructive. Some people just like, it's, it's okay. You don't have to feel guilty for it. Uh, that's very hard to find though. I mean, they, that's really why I'm on the internet with you because it's difficult to find a person to build and communicate with like we are right now. Well, that's the thing, brother. This is what I did. This is what I did, Dylan. Like, my, my, like I, I, I'm fortunate where I've also developed like a, a good circle now, right? And the circle, they're all like, different people a lot of them don't know each other right however my circle just doesn't extend to people in real life it extends to people who haven't met me like some of the biggest influences in my life are people i've never met right people i've discovered through the amazing internet right these these amazing uh, these amazing individuals in our society who are incredibly inspirational and are living an incredibly uplifting and empowering life towards excellence Find those people, man. Find those people. Follow those people. Uh, learn from those people. Ask questions to those people. And and emulate the characteristics and traits that you admire, that you want to actualize into yourself. And then you, you soon discover like, oh, who... You soon befriend people in your real life who have those similar traits and who, who like those similar people. You know, and, and then... You have people in real life who you can join with on that path towards betterment, you know, to, towards having that close, strong circle of, of uplifting people. And um, I think the the quickest way to do it, or the one one effective way to do it, is 
it's easy to remove than add. So removing old destructive friends is incredibly beneficial. And it doesn't have to be like, hey, you don't have to message them and say, hey, fuck you, I'm done with your shit. You know, you don't have to do that. You, It can be as... Just, just, just distance yourself. You gotta be careful where you put your energy. You know? Just gotta be careful where you put your energy, man. You don't have to go out of your way to... You don't have to get, go out of your way to do anything. Um, you can just not see those people as often. And then you can start focusing on the... Okay. When you do things, like hobbies and things, hobbies, your profession, your work, like there are going to be some positive, uplifting people there. Get around those people. Like, and if you don't have those hobbies, start them. Do a martial art, like a jiu-jitsu. Um, start exercising. Uh, get, get, uh, join a gym that has like a good community and culture around it. And you can make some friends around that. Um, because the one thing about people that are exercising and are physically fit and at a gym, they all want to get better. They all want to get better in one way or another. And some of it's for vanity. A lot of it's for vanity. A lot of it's for clout chasing, right? All right. But, but like, there are positive characteristics around that. And some people, all people aren't like that. But some, some, some people are. But some people aren't. And there's going to be some great uplifting people you're going to meet there. Joining clubs and, and, and communities and joining communities of people. You have to join communities of people, right, um, that are doing great things. Uh, and then one person at a time, it just trickles down and it just gets better and better. Anthony says we should create an app on the phone that kicks you out of apps if you pass a certain time limit. I think that already exists. I think you can you can do it on your computer. There's definitely programs that do that. And I'm pretty sure there's already apps that do that. But here's the thing. It assumes the person's going to have the discipline to do that. So if the person has the discipline to download the app, put the screen limiter on, they usually don't need the app because they have the discipline just not to use the app. Now, this is not like a rule. It's like some people, it's very helpful. But like, I think that's why those apps are largely, I don't know, maybe not as successful because if you have the discipline to do all that, you have the, you probably have enough discipline to just use the app less. And, you know, for example, just here's a tactic. Don't put any apps on your front screen or put them all in folders. So you don't, and black and white your screen. So it's not like, it's not like looking at colorful candy. Like the colorful candy is uh, enticing. Anthony says, looking back now, I can honestly think they were around me because one, I was popular with girls. Grandma raised my, my allowance, so I bought my friends chips at school. Also, I wore latest fashion. Shaking my head. Yeah, man. I mean, when you're a kid, it's like, that's really, especially when you're a kid on social media, it's most of the things you see are circles surrounded around that. Like, those things are important to you. And then when you, excuse me, when you grow older, when you mature, you develop into who you are, who you're becoming, you realize the priorities shift. It doesn't matter as much what you're wearing. You know, I wear almost the same shit every day, right? I keep it simple, monochromatic colors. I don't have to think about that shit. But I didn't when I was younger. I bought the fucking... I was into fashion. I I respect it. I like it. I like looking good and feeling good. But like, you care about like, oh, I'd, I'd go to the... I'd buy the expensive like music hip-hop tour merch, right? I spent thousands of dollars over the years, right? For what? I ended up fucking selling most of it now. I'm still trying to sell it. Anybody want to buy a a black Life of Pablo jacket? $200. It's on Grailed. Anyway, um, it's just, it's just, it depends because 
in terms of your prance raise you depends how like the circle you have is um uplifting and, and enforcing those those traits already uh and so of course those, those people were there because you had something they wanted that you you had something that they desired they valued money you buying them things you being looking fresh and uh the, your popularity right kids value those things um in our modern day, generally speaking, but as you grow older, I mean, you, you, it's funny because how much how much really changes. Like it just evolves. It's like now we're wearing suits. Now we care what car. We, now now you, I'm talking about what car you have and what watch you have, and and uh, I can now buy you fancy dinners. It all just evolves. Like those people still exist as adults. They're just grown babies. They're just bigger, right? But if you can evolve past that, though, I think that's when the when the when the transformation really happens. Dylan says discipline is the key because I think you've said it over a hundred times tonight. You don't need motivation. People think they need motivation. I used to look up motivational videos. Eric Thomas, fucking Eric Thomas. Like he he formed he helped me a lot for those five six a.m. wake ups to hit the basketball courts and and work on my craft. He did. You don't need motivation. Motivation is fleeting. Motivation is like busting a nut. It's it's just a little bit of pleasure, a little bit of uh, then it's over. Right? It's not long-lasting. It's not chronic. It's not a habit. Discipline is what you need because discipline gets you up day after day regardless of how you feel. Motivation gets you going when, you feel, when you're feeling good, when you're feeling high. It helps you get high. helps you get up. You don't need motivation. Motivation is fleeting. Motivation is, uh, is emotional. Discipline is not emotional. Discipline is disciplined. Discipline is doing something that you're going to do regardless of how you feel. And that's what I do. That's it. I, I get out there and I weight train and I run regardless of how I feel because it needs to be done. That's it. It needs to be done. I said to myself, I'm going to do it because XYZ benefits. I have XYZ goals and I must keep this cog moving. Otherwise, I will grow stagnant and I will die. Anthony said, my dad warned me and told me my physique is way more better than expensive clothes. Any fat guy can wear Versace, but not everyone can have a Greek body. Yes, that's right. And it's a shame for, for what is that quote? It's a shame for a man to never see the full potential of his body. I'm going to look it up for you right now because it is particularly profound. Um, it's a shame for a man to grow old. Grow old. Oh, God damn it. Maybe one of you guys can drop the quote. Grow old. Quote, body. It's a shame for a man to grow old without never seeing. It's a shame for a man to grow old. Here it is. Socrates. No man has the right to be an amateur in the matter of physical training. It is a shame for a man to grow old without seeing the beauty and strength of which his body is capable. Do not be an amateur in the matter of physical training. Find the beauty and strength of which your body is capable. Find it. And that is the process of doing that. That teaches you so much. That teaches you so much. And so, yeah, because it's not, it's the physique and the physical presence that is one thing, but then it's also the strength that which that possesses. 
you're strong and resilient enough to be capable to defend yourself, to be strong, to lift things, to pick things up. You look like you have a strong physical presence so you can ward off potential threats. There is value, extreme value, in being and looking strong compared to looking like a peacock. That's what we do. We just dress ourselves up looking like a peacock with colorful feathers um, that, that are called clothes to make ourselves look appealing to the opposite sex and ourselves. And that has merit, but you don't want to base your whole fucking appearance and your whole body off these colorful feathers called clothes that you're putting on you. There's got to be something under there that's fucking strong. Do you live by the 48 laws of, laws of power Napoleon asked? I don't live by the 48 laws of power because I have assimilated some of those principles into my character and into my the axioms and principles that I try and follow, that I do follow in my character. So I don't live by all 48, but I some of them are particularly profound and I particularly uh, adhere to and trying to adhere to, like conceal your intentions and say less than necessary and um, assume formlessness and be like water. Like those are some, those are some big ones that I, I, I see a lot of value in um, as I go on about my 90-minute long live stream of me rambling on, talking about saying less than necessary, which is the irony of that as I make a 10-minute video on it. Dylan says, I think that's difficult to live by all because they contradict. But uh, yes, they. but I think there are some that are really important. I hope that he can outline those for us. Yeah, that's a good question why you say. Yes, I made a video on this. I made a video on this already. Okay, I'm going to show you. Go watch it. It says, um, what is it? Do the, do the 48 laws of power contradict themselves? Okay, the point is you're not meant to live by them all. Okay, here it is. Uh, it's good. I can watch my own video without getting copyright. What a world. I think YouTube realizes I would pay to... So here it is. The 48 laws of power contradicts itself. How do you balance the 48 laws? Okay? But sometimes they conflict and they don't always apply. Here it is. Formless. Assume formlessness. Be fluid. So clearly it's something that a lot of people have a question to. That was a, a young... A young, much less bearded Alexander. Damn, big difference now, huh? Yes, sir. So go watch that video. Go put that on your watch later playlist. Go watch that. Oh, hell, go watch it now. I'll finish up real soon. Um, what you say are the most important lives. I mean, the, the ones I just mentioned, particularly, consider your intentions, always say less than necessary, assume formlessness. You know what? i got, I got to bring up a list. Um, I don't think you should live by any book's laws because I don't think you should be a a, a fucking a slave to a book. Um, I think you should assimilate those into your character in your life. You should find what works for you, and you should you should. <laughs> that's right, five o'clock shadow versus a king beard. Um, uh, you should assimilate and develop those to which you find valuable. You turn them on and off like a light switch. So, I think you should, don't be slaves to them. Don't be slaves to your rules and your laws. Uh, because then you trap yourself. 48 laws of power list. 
because it's been a while since I've seen it, so you know, it's it's hard to really remember them. Okay, here's the list. So these ones are particularly valuable, considering your intentions. People talk way too much. Court attention at all costs. Mm, get others to do the work for you. Protect credit. Make people and see some of these titles. They they sound they sound dirty, manipulative, and evil. But you really have to read it to understand what the hell Green is Robert Green is talking about. Oh fuck off, free course. Give me four days to change your life. Fuck you. Pop up. Yeah, love that. Win through actions, never through argument. That's something I've definitely been. Uh, that's a hard lesson to learn, but it's something that is critically important to know. Um, be the change you want to see in the world. Don't try and change the world. Don't get infected by misery and misfortune. That's that's uh, Avoid the losers and complainers associated with the happy and the winners. It's hugely important. Get help by appealing to self-interest, never to their mercy. Pose as a friend, work as a spy. Crush your enemy totally. I think that's a... That's a beneficial one for the athletes and comp competitors out there. The the heavy business minded individuals. Recreate yourself. That's a huge one. Be the master of your own identity. Don't let others define you. That's a huge one. This one, Law 35, master the art of timing. Never seem in a hurry, but look calm and collected like you always have things under control. Very important. Despise the free lunch. Freebies come with strings attached. Instead of taking freebies, offer them. Generosity is a sign of sign and magnet for power. I think that's that is really important in uh, working with people, um, developing relationships, and not letting people have power and influence over you by taking all their freebies. Never appear too perfect, I think, is actually important. Um, I think it's important to humble yourself and make yourself a bit... Oh, wow, that's a nice graph. That's nice. Very good. I like that. Anyway, yeah, uh, what, was, what was I just reading? Uh, preach the nature. Never appear too perfect. Yeah, that's. I think that's a big one. I think that's important. I think when you appear too perfect... Um, you make yourself a lot less relatable and you're on this pedestal that is hard to comprehend and you it's like you can't relate to you seem like you're above everybody else it's like we're all the same you know i've been where you've been you know i have my insecure we all have insecurities you know we, we we all have weaknesses um And I, I'm not better than you. I, I'm just... I don't know. That's a that's a still one I, 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 I grasp. I go back and forth on. And like, who, can we be better than others? And in competition, we are. But in life, human beings are all human beings. You know? We've just developed and refined our characters in different ways. I highly doubt the authors themselves slave themselves to what they write. Of course, that's the point. It's like, so if the authors don't do it, don't expect yourself to do it. So based on your journey and what you have been through, what would you say was the hardest thing to overcome? 
myself. Myself. It's always myself. It's always ourselves. We are our own worst enemy. It, it's not the it's not the things that happen to us. It's how we respond. It's never others. It's not this pandemic. It's not the death of of family members. It's it's not. It's not trauma or abuse. I mean, actually, that is a component to it if you're especially young when that happens. But it's always it's always myself. It's always how we respond and how we deal. You know, it, it might not be our fault or your fault that certain things happen to you. But it's your responsibility now to take care of it. It's your responsibility to to handle yourself and conquer yourself in your mind and reshape and reinvent yourself. It's your responsibility. So maybe not your fault, but it's your damn responsibility. So do something fucking about it. You know, no one's coming to save you. So, the hardest thing to overcome is always myself. It's always yourself. But I think I've got a, I've got a pretty decent grasp on myself now because I've gone through some of the hardest, the harder times already, so far. Like I've, I've, you know, and when you consistently put yourself in the dirt, when you consistently expose yourself to voluntary suffering, pain, and endurement, then that it makes the harder things easier. Do you trust the red pill philosophy and the blue pill stuff in YouTube? I haven't really watched it. I haven't really watched it. My my main exposure to it is watching Elliot Hulse. Okay? And I'm a fan of Elliot Hulse. Fan. That's a weird thing to say. I, uh... I've... He's been of positive influence to me over the years. And so that's the furthest I've gone. When he, Whenever he's dipped his toe in it. I haven't gone out of my way to look into it. But I've watched The Matrix recently, and from that basic philosophy of red pill versus blue pill, why wouldn't anybody, well, I can, you can actually see why people would want to take the blue pill, because they want to stay, you know, like that one guy in the first Matrix, spoilers, um, who who teamed up and with the, what do you call them, the fucking Agent Smiths, he teamed up with the other side, because he didn't want to live, he felt trapped through the red pill life. He felt he was awoken. He felt trapped. He was running, always fighting. He wanted to go, you know, to his... He just wanted to forget, live a nice life, eat his steak, and just be normal, not be awake. And so there's an appeal to a blue blue pill lifestyle. Um, but but to me, I would I would always take... I think I would always... I don't know, I think that's a difficult part of it. I think I would always want to be awoken to the truth of reality. You know, you'd rather live in a in a in a reality of truth rather than a reality of lies and facade and manipulation. And so based on that, that's that's as far as red pill, blue pill as I've gone. It's just the understanding of the matrix, um, where it came from. I wonder where where it came from beforehand. I wonder if the matrix made it up. Master thyself. Exactly, Dylan. Really, uh, Dylan says, really enjoy how transparent Elliot is, and I think you are like that also. But I assume you're, take, you're taking the advice you gave us, which is to emulate who have qualities what, what that we like. Yeah, exactly. Like, you don't make these qualities out of thin air. Well, you actually do by doing actions. Like, by taking certain discipline actions, you, you hone and create those qualities. But you also... That's how you. Uh, that's how you make them into habit. But you don't know they exist until you see them in other people, until you create them yourselves. And so it's our choice to do that every single day by the decisions we make. They get further towards that or further away from that. 
Anthony, I saw the truth of reality, and no matter why, what my friends and family say, I won't go back. I like my discipline and self-improvement lifestyle. Now I seek knowledge, and I grow wise and strong, as you should. As you should, and as we all should, in our own way. That is what we all, we all can live. And on that note, lads, and any females that could be watching, I'm going to leave you guys there. Oh. <laughs> Tali Freeman, what the fuck? Why was this recommended to me? Why was this recommended to you, Tali? Because this is, this is the best motherfucking live stream you've ever seen, man. So tell me, Tali, who are you? Why'd you click on this? It wasn't just recommended to you. You clicked on it. How did you come here? Has anybody come here who actually hasn't doesn't follow me? Because I, I, that happened last time. That happened last time. So, Tali Freeman, if you're still in here and you haven't bounced out of here, then tell us, why are you here? How did you get recommended? I'm going to give you some time. And if there's anybody who, uh, Tali took the blue pill. <laughs> uh... <laughs> He said, I'm still here, weirdo. Ah, uh, Tali. Ah, oh, welcome, my friend. Uh, well, look, you may have got recommended because you may be interested in philosophy. Books like 12 Rules of the Life, 48 Laws of Power. Books about philosophy and self-development, psychology and human behavior. Uh, you may have also got recommended because you're into podcasts. Um, other than that, maybe you just clicked on a video because you're bored. And because you choose recommending things because you're bored. Uh Anthony says, welcome to the wisest live stream on the planet. And I've been subscribed to this since the 48 Laws of Power. I'm definitely not the wisest, but I'm just doing my best I can. That's it. So unless you guys got any last comments, questions, concerns, I'm going to get out of here. Started off okay, and it's got a lot better as we went along. Appreciate you guys uh, tuning in. I'm going to come back to some in-person talking chimps pretty soon which is my podcast, if you guys don't know, available on all audio platforms. And appreciate you guys checking in, chiming in, and, and uh, watching. Um, I hope you guys stay safe, stay well, and stay disciplined, because that is, as we've been talking about, that is, I think that's the key. I think Jocko Willink is right. Discipline equals freedom. Martin, I don't have these scheduled for certain times. I, I scheduled this one. I scheduled this one because I thought it would be beneficial. But it usually be in the morning, me, me morning, so about 10 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time, um, which is the evening in America. So usually I'll do it then. Uh, but I like doing them randomly sometimes. But I, I'm going to schedule them out from now on, so you guys will see me do that. So stay tuned for the scheduling of those ones. And the in-person ones will, will be dropping uh, in the next couple weeks. Much love. Stay safe, chimps. Stay disciplined. Jamaica? Fucking Dylan's from Jamaica. Love that shit.